the Michigan GT is coming at you. Greetings, gamers. Here we are. It's episode 20 of the Michigan GT Podcast. Welcome, episode Rick. Episode 20. How's it going? Doing, going very, very well. Happy to see you tonight. Yeah, so we we had a little uh, interruption, so we got an extra week and a uh, half a week. About an extra half a week, yeah. Yep, from yep. our last recording. Small delay in recording. Yep, you know, and that's all right. Life happens, you know. Hi, Mom. Thanks for coming into town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, how have you been the last couple of weeks? I've been good. Uh, I've been diving deep, deep, deep into Horace Heresy. Um, there is a lot to dive into. <laughs> wow, yeah. is there a lot? Right. Um, finding some YouTube channels. I actually ended up watching some older battle reports right from 1.0 just to get a little bit of an idea. Um, because it, it's it'll not be fairly close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, getting the books and reading the books and looking at all the models and. Holy crap, there's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot. Um, did you find it inspiring? Yes. Uh, I am 100% on my world leaders. Oh, very I, cool. I, I really like the lore. I like Angron. I like Karn. Mm, you, you I like the, what, yeah. what the spikes protruding <laughs> yep. his skull. <laughs> the butcher that, spikes. That, that make him angry, yeah. <laughs> that he tried to put in everybody. <laughs> well, you know. Some people can't help but share their pain. Oh, Yeah. No, like I've I've been really enjoying it, and it's actually uh, spurred some other hobby stuff for me uh, in some other games. Oh, very cool! Yeah, so I've been having a lot of fun the last awesome. two and a half weeks. Yeah, so I loaned you my my volume yes. one of the the black books, yep. you know, from the Horse Heresy. So you got a chance to dive through in. some of the lore, and and boy, does that go really in depth. Yeah, right? it really does. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a cross between like a, a history book and a, and a yeah and a game book in a way which is which is kind of funny because like so for me mm-hmm. like I, obviously i've i've got my sisters of battle and i play 40k with a couple guys right but very casually though. very casually right. and it was like okay i'll play because you guys really want me to play mm-hmm. all right i'll play this game i've never really been a fan of 40k all right horace heresy is like completely different for me and like i really want to play this game oh interesting uh i think a big part of that is the lore uh and some of that that civil war piece right you know it's kind of that whole brother against brother yeah betrayal the betrayal knives in the back oh yeah yeah all of it right yeah uh it's kind of that whole uh you know after you're 40 you're either gonna go into civil war and world war history or Barbecuing. Right. Well, or both. Or both. I don't do a lot of barbecuing. I do enough. I enjoy it. <laughs> and, well, I, apparently I found my Civil War. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm happy for you that you found this thing that, yeah. that you find finding very interesting. I, too, have always found it interesting Yeah. Uh, from kind of jump start. Well, sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's awesome. And I'll be happy to have someone to play with occasionally. That's yes. very cool. Once I get them all built, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there's a ton of models, and it's going to take yeah. you a minute, but you know, oh, yeah. you'll get there. Keep plugging away. Yep, definitely. Yeah, very cool. So, outside of talking about Horse Heresy tonight, we're going to be talking with John from Warlord Games. Yep. He's coming on for an interview, and then we're going to talk a little news, followed by up by maybe a lot of hobby. We'll see. A little bit, a lot of it. In there a lot somewhere. of it. <laughs> so sit back, hang, up, hang back, relax, and... We'll see if we can bring you something you uh, 
Take your fancy. Sounds good. RIW Hobbies was founded October 28, 1998. It was named after my late father. Our first location was previously a baseball card store in Livonia. In the early 90s, the demand for baseball cards began to decline. This is when the previous owner decided to sell. I saw a need in the market. My vision was to create a fun retail store designed to serve the local gaming community, providing both games and events. I scraped up the initial investment and away we went. I purchased the previous owner's Magic, Games Workshop, and a few other miscellaneous card games and RIW Hobbies was born. We occupied the location at Five Mile and Merriment until February 1999. In 1999, we moved into what would be our building for the next 17 years. Our original location started with 1,050 square feet. We continued to expand over the years, adding additional storefronts and buildings until we were up to 5,000 square feet. By 2015, RIW Hobbies had grown so much that we decided to move across the street to a 7,700 square foot building. This has been our location for the past six years. Thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate you. We couldn't have achieved this level of success without your support and the support of our local gaming community. And welcome back, everyone. It's time for the Dissecting the GT segment. And tonight, we're joined by John from Warlord Games. John, how are we doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. It, uh, it's getting closer every day. It gets closer and closer to that fantastic time of Michigan GT. I can't tell you. I'm so excited to get up there. We've got a bunch of... Uh, uh, let's say unique things planned for Michigan GT along with, of course, the action, the bolt action event. And the venue is just fantastic. The people are great. I, I just, it's one of those, I, I have stores around the United States and, and North America. I call destination stores. I think Michigan GT is a destination convention. So oh, well, I'm really well, looking forward awesome. to getting there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, appreciate the, uh, the vote of confidence there. We really appreciate that. So how long have you been coming up to the GT, John? It's been a while now. I, I'm trying to remember when the first year that you guys came up on site. Uh, I think it was three or four years now we've been coming up there. Um, uh, it was when TT Combat was across from us, and uh, let's see, Tony was with me, and we did a bunch of um, their wrestling game. Uh, God, it must have been four or five years ago. Right on. Yeah, we've uh, we've loved yeah. having you up. I mean, you know, we've been uh, slowly growing the whole historical side of of the GT and. Warlord Games has been a huge part of that, and we oh, yeah. we really Thank you. are happy to have you on board as a as a sponsor of the event. And I think one of the awesome things coming into this year is you guys are you know coming even stronger than you have before. And now you guys got a double booth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, more room for mayhem. That's right. Uh, it's just going to be. Um, it's always fun to come up to locations that you've been to a couple of times. You start getting repertoire with people in the place. Yes. And I got to tell you that new venue you guys have been in. Phenomenal. Well, thank Holy you. Holy crap. Thank that, you. That, that place is just great. Yeah, it's a, all the room it, in the world. Right. It's a big upgrade from where we were at before. Um, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. you know, as, as you know, you know, you're part of a, a growing convention yourself and you, you have to start with what you can afford, right? Exactly. Well, and that was a, I did enjoy the old place. It had its quirks. It was kind of fun and it had some weird rooms and stuff and it was enjoyable <laughs> to go to, but. I, now you've got that huge right. venue. It's just massive. Thank you. I, I agree 100%. The other place, it, it had some character. I think that's a, yeah. a really good word for it. Um, yeah. You know, and on the on the outside, it left quite a bit to be desired. <laughs> yeah. But once yeah. you got inside that ballroom, it was it actually different, quite yeah. nice. 
Um, yeah, yeah, totally different, night and day. Yeah, but it, uh, now, granted, if all the water drinking fountains always worked and the air conditioning <laughs> worked sure. right, you know, it would have been even better. You well, know, yeah, uh, right. which are those are some of the reasons why we had to move on and find a, a new home, right? Uh, just because mm-hmm. that was an aging facility and it was really starting to show its age, and and we had to to go with something a little bit more consistent. Well, it's nice that you actually you outgrew it too. We you did, we did. We were we were past, and, and you got to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, true. and 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 the place you guys are at now, the hotels nearby are fantastic. Yes, and there's some great places to eat. I mean, we finally got into that steak place across the street. Oh, oh did oh, you? Buddy, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, oh I, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, baby. yeah. We hit was, we hit that up after the GT ourselves. Oh and man, was that yeah. good! It was my first trip there yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, Bodie's Chop House yeah. is what you're referring to. Yep, yep, Chop House. You got to go to the Chop House, but get your reservations in early. Yes, start now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's not easy on the pocketbook, uh, nope. to be honest, nope. but it was worth the money. I gotta say. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta say, you know, going around and eating a lot of places and and traveling a lot of, uh, as I do now in this job, uh, there's memorable locations, and the Chop House is definite. Our right. reservations were like nine thirty at night on Saturday, but I mean, we went and oh my god, we 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 rolled home <laughs> <laughs> with a smile on your face. I'm sure. Oh yeah, you ain't kidding. Yeah. You ain't kidding. It was good. So, it was a good time. So, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about Warlord Games? Oh, okay. Uh, Warlord Games has been around, I do believe this is our 14th year. It started off uh, with John Stollard and Paul Sawyer sitting around John's uh, kitchen table. Mm-hmm. They had both been made redundant in English terms, a.k.a. been released, let go, not fired, but, you know, retired, I guess you could say. And they had their severance packages, and they are sitting around the table, and they were, you know, picture the uh, vultures from, you know, Jungle Book. What do you want to do today? I don't know. You want to do something? I don't know. You know, so they're shrugging their shoulders. <laughs> sure, back sure. And, and and they said, they, they well, what do you want to do? And, and uh, I think it was John that said, you know, I've always wanted to do Romans. I always wanted to make Romans. We never made Romans because they were both at Games Workshop, and they had a historical side that was usually handled by Forge World, but they didn't wow. have any manufacturing of a lot of historical stuff. So they said, you know, I always want to make Romans. So Paul said, oh, well, let's make, make some Romans. So they made, uh, they, they put their money in and they, they got the molds cut and they made some miniatures and they boxed up some Romans. And the first place to sell them in the United States and the fact the first sales they ever had of the Romans was in, anyone, anyone? Okay, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, Brookhurst Hobbies in California sold the first Warlord item. All right. It was a box of Warlord uh, games. Hell Caesar. Uh, miniatures. Well, it was Romans. And then later on, Hail Caesar came and uh, 90%, there's only about 84, 85 people employed in Warlord. Well, that's actually and, a pretty good number, really. Yeah, yeah. And we've got, you know, about 90% of them are, are retired or ex, you know, Games Workshop employees, myself <laughs> included. Okay. And it's just, you know, Seems so we kind of, yeah, yeah. So we kind of know the system. But then you got Rick Priestley to write, you know, Hail Caesar, and then Jervis Johnson and Rick Priestley and Alessio and Paul all wrote Black Powder. And then Rick Priestley wrote uh, <clears throat> Gates of Antares, and he wrote uh, Warlords of Erewhon, and he wrote the first bolt action, and then Alessio took over the second bolt action, and Andy Chambers writes Blood Red Sky. So right, right now, Warlord is, we've got about, 
Uh, about eight or nine thousand SKUs in our in our website. Wow. We've got about seventeen major core items. We have everything from ancient Egypt to Doctor Who. So awesome. you know we've we've we're now sold in eighty two different countries around the world. We have uh, uh, representation in in those countries, and uh, we just opened up some stuff in Malaysia. Oh wow! Uh, we yeah. So when we have a store in. Um, Nottingham in our location. We just moved during COVID. We moved from uh, the Royal Bike Factory to Finch Close. We're all in one building. All our all our stuff's in one pile, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of nice. Everybody's there. Uh, the only drawback of the new location was we didn't have as much office space as we did in the old buildings. Right but on. because of what we learned in COVID and, sh- and hot seat and then shifting and stuff, it's okay. Some people still work from home. Some right. people come in on certain days. Yes, uh, it's a beautiful facility. All our manufacturing, except for the plastic sprues, is done there. So our resin, our water resin, and our metal are all there. All oh, our inventory is there. Oh, yeah, it's all one big pile. It's really pretty. Oh, and, very uh, cool. Oh, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, and, and it was it's it's good to be in one place, and you know we've uh, I think last year we we grossed uh, fifteen thirteen million. I'd have to go check the records, oh, but yes. it's it's uh yeah, and we've we've done some crazy stuff. You know we've got the we're really happy and proud of our two thousand AD line with strontium dog, Drudge Dread, and now you know Slain and Kiss My Ex is just now out, and that's done by Gav Thorpe and, and Andy Chambers. So we're really <laughs> liking that. You guys, are, you're kind of uh, like uh, Games Workshop 2.0. <laughs> it sounded right, like right. that. People, With all yeah, these, all yeah, these names people. you're throwing at us, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people call us the Games Workshop of the 80s. Whether yeah. it was, you know, a lot of yeah. it was customer service great. We, we've won the War, War Games Illustrated customer service five years in a row now, I think. Oh, That's wow. That's Lorenzo Paula. That cool. Lorenzo and his nice. crew is, is always great. Um, it's something you're proud of, you know, that you have a great customer service. It's you know, we wish we didn't have it because we would do it perfect every time, but yeah. sometimes things happen. Or, right. or, you know, it's out of our hands when something happens in shipping. So uh, we, we're we're excited. We, we teamed up with Hornby. We do have two stores in the United States. They're located on the East Coast because we, we teamed up with uh, Mythic Studios out in New Jersey oh, really? at Mahua and Randolph. So we actually have two stores in the United States, and they're probably going to be well, three now because they have a studio as well. They do all their painting and their seminars on the do train. There oh, might okay. be two more before the end of the year. So there'll be five Warlord Games Mythic Studios stores, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's very cool. Um, I, I had no idea you guys had a, yeah. a retail presence uh, like that, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like a, yeah. your own shop. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yep, yep. So, yep. so we're there. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, what do you guys consider, like, your flagship game? Bolt action. Bolt action. That, that's uh, the... bolt action is is our big uh, followed closely hotly behind by black powder. Uh, yeah, I, I, have in black powder. I have interest yeah, in black well, powder. I have interest in black powder. Yeah, yeah. I, I love black powder too. Bolt action is the number one seller for Osprey hands down. So um, uh, they're the ones that print our books and stuff. And we've got you know probably thirty or forty supplements and eight or nine army books. Uh, black powder is is. Black powder is so much fun and black powder allows you to play a Napoleonic game in four hours, right. you know, and it's, it's, it's not a tournament kind of game. Mm-hmm. It's a game for four people, you know, on the side or eight people or 10 people You get together, drink some beverages and, and kibitz and have a game. And, right. uh, uh, when I go over to headquarters, 
there's always a game at John's on Thursday nights, and it starts around six. House rules kick in at nine, and you're out of the house <laughs> by ten. So you know, so it's a lot of fun. We did play a bolt action. I mean, a, a black powder game uh, in September last year uh, in an hour. And it was amazing. It was just like everybody charged and some failed and some happened and some crushed. And we looked at each other. And we're like, I think we're done. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, that's over. Yeah, so it was crazy. But uh, bolt action goes from about 1930, 1940 to Korea. Black oh, powder wow. goes from about 1920, 1900 to 1700. And then piking shot goes 1500 to 1700. And then 1500 back is... Hail Caesar. Caesar. So, oh, right, right. And then you guys and, have, and a, black, you have a pirate one too, right? Uh, well, it's Black Seas. Black Seas, which and is based on black yeah. powder. Yeah. Well, actually, it's based on Cruel Seas, which was John Stoller's game for small boat action, everything less than destroyer, kind of like knife fighting in the closet. But uh, it's up close and personal. The bigger ships are Victory Sea, but Black Seas is a spinoff of Cruel Seas, and uh, Armada from Man- Mantic is a spinoff of Black Seas during yep. COVID. Oh, uh, really? Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> during COVID, Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Gabriel, uh, who wrote Black Seas, spent some time with uh, Ronnie Renton over Mantic, right and they on. came up with Armada. So, yeah. So there's your cross-flow fertilization. Yeah. We, but, we, uh, we had Ronnie on a couple episodes ago. Yep. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. Ronnie's a great guy. I love, love talking to him. The humans, the human ships for Armada are the Black Sea ships. Oh, really? Yeah. Just scaled down. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same scale, and and it's one, you know, one eighteen hundred. no, 700. Those are one 700 ships. Uh, Yeah, Black Powder, for Black Powder, you know, we've got Zulus. We've got uh, a supplement coming out here pretty soon for the Boer War. We've got uh, the Nile with the Fuzzy Wuzzies. We've got... American Civil War, we've got, they call it the American War for Independence. We call it the Revolutionary War. Right. Uh, we've got some stuff for the... the uh, we call it the uh, winners. Uh, They're the losers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we've got the French Indian Wars. Um, <clears throat> you can do, what else? We've got a bunch of supplements for black powder that are uh, that are really good. They're really re- well written, and uh, I like them a lot. I mean, I love Zulu. That's John's favorite period is, is the Zulu. Okay. Era, although he just finished writing Boer War. Um, <clears throat> and black powder is just a lot of fun. And, of course, all the Napoleonics in the Peninsula War. And then two years ago, we decided to try something different. And we don't have a line of American Civil War stuff. A lot of stuff we sell from Perry Brothers. Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do is let's try. Also, also former Games Workshop yep. sculptors. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and if you ever get a chance to go to John Stollard's house and play in his room in the glass case, there's three models in the glass case. And those three models are the initial models that the Perry Brothers did for their resume to get hired as Games Workshop, and that's when they were right out of high school. Oh, so, really? Ah. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 and they're beautiful. They're beautiful, and they're like, you know, 40 years old, and they're beautiful models still. That's awesome. So, so John and the crew decided to do something different, that's when we came up with the Epic Scale. And we did two different sprues. Uh, well, one sprue right now, the second sprue's coming out, we're going to redo the Calvary. But we, and we just did them in blue or gray, so you could, if you, if you wanted to, you just take them out of the box, snap them on the stands, and we released that starter set uh, last year, well, 2020, 
uh, around Christmas time, and there was over 2,000 figures in that box. Wow. And uh, I think in uh, November of last year, we had sold 13.5 million figures for that line, Jesus. which is more than – Exactly, which more than participated the battle itself. Yeah, and right. then we kind of cut our teeth. Yeah, we kind of cut our teeth on that, and so we had two sprues for American Civil War. So, and then like, this year we released Napoleonics. And you said they're, got, they're at, it's all haunt. Sorry, John. Uh, so you said they're epic. No, are, they, are they like a six millimeter scale? No, no, they're they're. We call it epic, but it's actually. It's 15 mil to top of head, but to eye is 13.5. So technically, they're 13.5, but we call them 15. All right. And and right. and it, there's no standard 15 mil, just like, you know, Games Workshop's got 28, right, uh, 32. Right, right. They're you know, sure. And, well, and, and nobody's the same height unless you're playing Clone Wars. So, right. you know, it's going to be right. some different scales in there. Makes sense. And the reason why we did the size we did at 13.5 is because at that size – we can do one regiment on a sprue. Right. One regiment on a sprue. So you get five stands, a commander, and a cannon. Boom, one regiment. Cool. Three of them make a brigade, which was kind of funny when we released them. Uh, the box set over in England for a brigade of our ACW stuff was 20 pounds. When we released it, uh, War Games Illustrated, which sells for five pounds, don't get ahead of me. Put a sprue on their front cover, and that issue sold out in a week. Yeah, you, 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 you go figure, right? <laughs> what happened? People in Britain were buying three of them. Right. Giving one to them, you know, here, Mag, you can have my mag, but they were keeping the sprues. Sure. So they, were get, they were getting their boxes for cheap. Absolutely. But, uh, Sounds like yeah, a bunch of smart players. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so now we cut our teeth on Epic uh, ACW. So now we're, we've jumped into Napoleonics with both feet, and now we've got 11 sprues uh, available for this period. We've got four, uh, three for British. Well, no, four for British. We've got the British Infantry, Heavy Cavalry, Light Cavalry, and the Highlanders. The French have Infantry, Heavy Cav, Light Cav, the Midgard, which if you paint them different, can be the Old Guard. And we just released three Prussians, the Prussian Infantry, the Landwehr, and then the Prussian Cavalry. And that'll be coming out next month. So we'll have 11 different sprues for this line. And now people say, how about the Austrians, the Russians, the Dutch? At this scale, <clears throat> you can take some of the other models and just paint them up that way. I sure. think like the, the British, the, the Dutch look a Oh yeah, yeah. It's three foot rule, and it's six. You know, it's fifteen millimeters. Come totally on, totally right? true. Yeah, exactly. That sounds really so, uh, cool. Yeah, really cool at oh, that yeah. scale. That's that, that's a very well, interesting scale. And it looks right. Uh, last year at Millenniacon, which is a destination convention done in uh, Round Rock, Texas, in November around uh, Veterans Day, mm -hmm. we, as far as I know, uh, we did the largest. Well, not we. Uh, Scott uh, Hendrickson, one of my raiders, and a friend of his, William, got a crazy hair. And they decided to do this massive, pardon the pun, epic battle with epic figures. And it was over 600 painted stands Wow! on Saturday. It was massive and it was so gorgeous. Oh, I bet it was. It was just, oh, oh, it was something else. It was, and, they, and they led up to it by doing little demos, little getting people spun up. And what they had done was they took the order of battle from the Battle of Shiloh. 
But then they kept it kind of secret, and when they revealed the map for the big game, it was the terrain from Lucian, which was a Napoleonic battle. Oh. So people were like, well, wait a minute, that's not Shiloh. We're like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> never said it was so, going to be Shiloh, yeah. That's right. We never said it was going to be Shiloh. So it, it ended up, uh, it, was just, it was just so beautiful. And a lot of the guys pitched in. We had over 600 painted stands, and that's, it was that's marvelous. Awesome. That sounds really, really cool. So how yeah. often are you? do you get over to a headquarters there? Uh, I try to go over about three, four times a year oh, for my contract. That's but, uh, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's, you know, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Get, you know? <laughs> it sounds it's horrible. horrible. you, John. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been to Nottingham yeah. once. I, I enjoyed my trip there. Um, I, I did mm-hmm. not make it over to the Warlord factory while I was there. But uh, I can, oh, no. I can, but, only, I can only t- talk the wife into making <clears> one, <throat> one gaming stop while we were over in Nottingham. Um, GW headquarters. Yeah, baby. went to GW headquarters. Absolutely. Yep. We're now twenty minutes away from their walking distance. Oh, well, really? Okay. I yeah. Well, yep. you, you can actually go there for lunch if All you right. want to. <laughs> well, next time I get over that yeah. way, I, I got to check them out and I got to check Manic out as well. Yep. Hit both of them oh, yeah. while I'm there for sure. Yep. Yep. It's it's the lead mile. You know, with the old place we were at when we were at the Royal Bank Factory, Bike Royal Bike Factory, mm-hmm. uh, that same location had North Star. Uh, it has uh, Lucid Eye, it has Footsore, it has um, War Games Illustrated, Warlord Games, and uh, River Horse Games. It's all in the same building. That's crazy. Or, or, or sets of building. Yeah, oh yeah. It's all, I don't want to say inbred, but it's all kind of, well, you know, in. Yeah, it is. Inbreds are it's very good. It's totally right. inbred, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it, but it's. Uh, it's very interesting how that one city is really kind of the gaming headquarters of the world in a lot of ways. Oh, at least, yeah. at least yeah. the, the miniature yeah. gaming world, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Games Workshop is there. Mantic right. is there. It's kind of like, is there. It's kind of like the Silicon Valley of gaming. Right, right. And I think either – now, I know John Stollard is working on a project with a bunch of his friends about the, the, the fun times in Games Workshop. I think I bring in, I send out a book or something like that in a video, and then – uh, I know Games Workshop's doing something like that on crowdfunding or something. So oh, uh, there's a lot of stuff. And then there was that movie, you know, War Game, War Gaming, the movie that yes. uh, uh, Joe Pennington did, which is a great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out on Amazon. Uh, Joe's a great guy, and it's a great movie. He was thinking about doing a second part to that, but I think he's going to redo something. But that's a good movie. Oh, uh, I was really impressed. I have to check that out. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, very cool. Uh-huh. So, John, do you have any other events coming up between now and the Michigan GT? Uh, yeah, um, I have a couple, um, we have a store con, of course, and then we have, uh, get to my calendar. We have my favorite convention, of course, of all time, my convention down here in Oklahoma city called twisted Lord cons or TLC. For short. <laughs> uh, and that's all in, <laughs> so that's all on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd and 24th of July. Uh, then we're debating whether to get up to Kent Con, which is up in Kansas. And then after that, of course, Gen Con. We'll be there for that. Yeah, Gen Con's uh, We'll a big be one. out of Gen Con's a big one. We just came from Origins two weeks ago. Uh, Tacticon is back on the map, thank God, up in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, uh, Adrian and, and uh, I just uh, just lost his name. Uh, not Dave. Um, those two guys are doing a great job. They do Genghis Con in February, and then they also do Tacticon now. So. We have some guys at Tacticon, and then at the end of the month is ReaperCon down in Texas, Texas right? and yeah. Reaper. Yep, and I love, 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 love me some ReaperCon because it's so much fun. It's a different, it's a typical convention, 
I mean, we've all been to conventions where you go and you see all the booths of vendors. Yeah, right. Well, you flip that and you go into the big room and there's like 36 stalls and they're all professional painters. Oh, yeah, because I thought go, it was oh, like a yeah. big time painting. It was a big time painting. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's huge. And it's put on by Reaper, of course. And right. it's just like Disneyland. When you walk over, there's a little thing line up here for the, you know, for the for the Reaper contours. And you go over the Reaper and you walk around and you see what's going on with Reaper. Huh. What's unique about your Reaper, too, is there's a painting competition. And this year, our uh, World and Trenchworks is going to team up and we're going to do some sponsorship of a big painting competition. But you don't compete against anybody. You compete against yourself. Yes, so, I've heard uh, about uh, this. They do the same thing yes. at Nova Open, right? Where you, yes, they, yes. you basically just get your models graded, and then you yep. you prize out based on your piece, not compared to anybody else's piece. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. it's very interesting. Right. You get, yeah, you get honorable mention, bronze, silver, or gold. Right. And, you can, and then afterwards, you can get the uh, constructive criticism from the guys who critique you, and it's great. That's but that's cool. at the end of August, first of September. Then we get into uh, recruits on uh, around the twenty second. And recruits is a fun convention <laughs> at Lee Summit. It's in a high school. It's put on by the drama, the uh, historical department, the drama team. Uh, started fifteen twenty years ago. Where? And they where's, wanted to raise money. Where is this? Lee Scott? Summit, Missouri. Lee Missouri. Summit, Missouri. Okay. Missouri. Missouri. Yep. Lee Summit, Missouri. And they do a a great convention. I mean, Sunday, the principal comes by and says, thanks. Uh, it's to raise money for their, their historical, uh, their history section of the school. And then, of course, right after that is one of the best conventions around, Michigan GT and Ooh. Crucible all on the same that's weekend. Like so that's going on. And then FlatCon is on the, the, the next week after that. Siege of Vicksburg is a new one coming up. This is the third week in October. And, and is that have, actually in Vicksburg? Yes, yes. And it was, we went last year, it was a little small, but uh, it's growing, and it's a great town, and there's this historical oh, markers everywhere. That's Tennessee, right? Uh, no, uh, Georgia. Georgia. No, no, not Georgia, uh, Mississippi, Vicksburg, Mississippi. Mississippi, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not too far away. I think it's Mississippi, yeah. And then we're going to go to a big grand event in Atlanta uh, the next week. And then we get into November, Millennium Con. Is that and then, is that Sherman's March in, in Atlanta? Oh no, no, oh. no, no. Oh uh, well, it might be. It's uh, John Ross and his crew put it on. It's a big forty k event. Oh, okay. and they also have us. Yeah, it's a grand event. Uh, like the, uh, it's a it's a throwback to the grand tournaments of Games Workshop, where you you pay like a ninety bucks or hundred bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. Okay, which sounds steep, but you get. You get fed, and I don't mean like a oh. sandwich. I mean you get fed on a buffet line. It's it's Ooh. first rate. Yeah, and when they say they're out start at nine o'clock, they're starting at nine o'clock. Right on. So there's yeah. So it's it's a it's a really neat event, uh, and and the prizes are fantastic. So they, we've been invited to go there, so we're kind of excited to go there. Uh, and then, like I said, Millennium Con around Veterans Day down at Round Rock, Texas. And then I end my my season, my convention season, uh, at uh, Renegade GT, which is uh, in uh, Plymouth, Minnesota. Uh, it's a, a suburb of Minneapolis. Yep. Uh, although they might move it this year, I'm not sure. But uh, and I love going to that one because uh, it's uh, the venue in the past that I've gone. They might move it, but the venue so far has been ten minutes from my sister's house. Oh, that's convenient. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's the week before Thanksgiving, so it's just you know. Oh, there you go. I'll stay there. Win-win. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. it's, it's, it's 
I'm really excited. So that's that's the conventions. There's some other little things popping up here and there. Right. And uh, December's kind of quiet. <laughs> Usually I'll be gone that first week of December is when the company Christmas party is. So me and the wife like to go over for that. Oh, so. that's awesome. So are you guys empty nesters at this point? <laughs> uh, yes and no, we were, but they came back. Oh, so, what? <laughs> Damn kids. Uh, uh, but uh, it's it's not so bad. Um uh, they they have their own cars. They drive around, and one of them is a chef. So she brings oh. home. She's a yeah. She's a dessert and a pastry chef. So oh. she comes home with some really cool. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good trade. Yeah, that's, that's a good trade. That's yeah. a good yeah. trade off. Yeah, yeah. So it's not bad. So uh, and they help me around the house when it's time to do inventories. They go out and help me do the the world inventories. And well, that's nice. Help me do some setups. And yeah, so it's not bad. But, very, very cool. Uh, yeah, but that's the that's the convention circuit for right now. I uh, I think you got a busy, busy slate there, man. You're all over the place. Well, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to reel back right now. I think to date I'm I've been in the company of five years. This is my fifth year, uh-huh. uh, and uh, I've racked out about 190 thousand miles right now. I Holy think. Holy so. smokes, that's some serious miles, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, my I, I peaked out in 2019 before COVID hit. I was at about 64 thousand. Uh, and then I did, that's in one year. I did 64,000 that year. Uh, and then 2020, I did about 14,000. And then last year I did 36 and I'm on par to do probably about 40 this year. Although that's a a few times around all of the UK. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, the the boss has been saying, you know, no offense, Johnny, you're not a spring chicken. Maybe you should slow down. So they want me to start doing, uh, leaning more on my Raiders. That makes and my sense. Raiders, uh, yeah, and my Raiders are guys that are, uh, we, we're in our fifth year now. We've got about 49 on the books. And, That's and, great. And it includes Canada, too. We've got some guys up there. And uh, you guys have seen my Raiders there. I mean, Paul Long was with me and Jeff Hurtella. Yep. That's yep. my guys up north. And uh, we have a good time. They help me out. And that's why I can do two or three events in the same weekend. Like uh, sure. a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, I was up at Bug Eater, and I had some guys over at Daikon. So I had Steve uh, Farrell and Nick Wagner were at uh, Daikon in Collinsville, Missouri, while I was over in Omaha, Nebraska with my Raider uh, Ogre, and we were doing buggy. That's awesome. So, yeah, it allows me to cover more ground, and it's just the same thing. Yeah, very cool. Awesome, John. Well, hey, um, I think this is a good yeah point to uh, call this a good interview, man. <laughs> Excellent. That was quick. Love it. <laughs> well, very cool. John, hey, really, thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing with us a little bit about what Warlord Games is all about. And thank you. Sure. And, oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm, no, no, I, I forgot. I should say, if for those listeners who are going to Michigan GT, and why wouldn't they, um, You ha- if there's something you want from Warlord Games, all right. You want me to have it in my booth? Get it to me by the second of September at jon.russell at warlordgames.com. You send me the email to jon.russell at warlordgames.com by the second of September, and I will have it in my booth for Michigan GT. All right, you guys hear that? Very nice. Yeah, get your requests in, and it'll be there. That's awesome, John. Well, hey, thank yep, you very much. We appreciate you your support. And we will see you in a few months. September. Yeah, September. Love it. <laughs> see you guys. Thanks a lot. Right on, John. Thanks. 
Formed in 2007, Warlord Games are designers, manufacturers, and distributors of finely detailed historical, fantasy, and science fiction miniatures in plastic, metal, and resin. Our award-winning games cover everything from the Bronze Age through the Renaissance, Horse and Musket era, right through to World War II. Additionally, we hold licenses to make games and miniatures for the likes of Judge Dredd, Slain, Dad's Army, and Doctor Who. We've developed a comprehensive range of models for each of our systems, with the core units available as plastic miniatures, reinforcements in metal, and larger units produced in resin. The vast majority of the process, from game and miniature design, mold making, production, and packing, are performed in-house at our HQ deep in the heart of Wargaming's spiritual home, Nottingham. The Warlords Games mantra is quality, innovation, and fun. We try to apply this across all areas of business. Time for the news, see? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Are you ready to talk some Horace Heresy? That sounds like that's the most of the news, isn't it? It's gonna, yeah, it's some of the news for sure. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a huge release <laughs> since we recorded last. Yes. Uh, the Horace Heresy dropped uh, yeah. uh, a week ago. Yep. From our time of recording right now. Yeah. Uh, by the time you guys listening here, this has been a couple weeks. Uh, massive release, uh, a beautiful big box set. Oh, yeah. Um, I will dare to say it is probably the best box set value I've ever seen come out of a, a starter box. I, I'm pretty impressed with what's in there. Like it, it, Coming from not being a big GW player for the most part, mm-hmm. this is the first box I've seen that's the same thing. It's like, there's a lot in this that makes it worth playing. Right. There's a ton in it. So um, it's roughly 2,000 points. Yep. Which is the size of a standard game. Yep. So, you know, while it may not be the ideal things you will want to take down the road, it's enough to get you started. It gets you started. And, in... and not only started, but going. Yeah. You are going. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not just scratching the surface or, you know. Where not... you get most of the starters where it's like, right. here's a quarter of what you need to play the game. Right. And, and this, Have some fun. And this like, will also doesn't work. truly, it truly will be the core of what you pretty much build all yep. your armies around, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you're going to have to have your, whatever, two to three troops, units, and out of that box that you can make two very solid tactical squads mm-hmm. out of that box. Uh, and so if you want to purely use tactical squads as your your troops, yep, you're done. You know, you're completely done. Um, you know, they have the Spartan Assault Tank in there, which oh, yeah. is... Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. And it's got a Dreadnought in there. The Dreadnought's a great kit, too. I, it's, I, I love that Dreadnought. It's a um, good Dreadnought. It's the, the style it's a, versus it's, the 40K. Oh, whoa. I, yeah. I love it. I don't, I've never liked that boxy look. No, me either. Me either. Um, yeah, the, the Dreadnought's head and tails above the, the 40K box yes. version. Um, I am a bigger fan of the, the Leviathan Dreadnought, okay. which is also a, a Harris yeah. era Dreadnought. Uh, yep. Well, I just love, like, the, the, the bulk. The yeah. Size. And, and oh, also, yeah. it's got really great curvature. The lines of the model are just fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that Dreadnought's probably number two. Sure. Behind the, the Leviathan for me. It works. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very cool. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I really think that you can really get up and running. Oh, and, yeah. And then you're just going to be buying some splash things, at least, at, least at first. 
Uh, and then as you get more and more into it, you're, <laughs> it's easy to just keep acquiring things, right? Yeah. As you want to go different directions or you might be playing, you know, a themed campaign. So you might want to acquire this and this and this to to tell more of a story. Tell more of a your, story and that story force. ends up getting you into the idea of, oh, wait, I kind of want to do this now. Right. I, and yeah, it becomes... the. Horace Heresy definitely becomes a hobby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it is a full-on hobby. Yes. No doubt about it. Yeah, it's, it's very cool and a lot of fun. Yep. So that was a great release. Yes, definitely. And, yeah, so if... Oh, and the other, I was going to say, the other reason why it's such a great value is that I guess it's only a great value if you're going to play one of the Marine armies in the game. If you're going to play, like, a well, sure. mechanic or whatever, it's not a value at all. Uh, you know, it's a horrible no. value. But if you're going to play one of the Space Marine yep. factions, the Legions... It's a great value because all you get are Space Marines. Yes. Right? So it's not like, you know, if you buy, you know, say, the 40K starter box where you yes. get half Necrons, half Space Marines. Oh, yep. Right? If you but don't, I don't want to play those. If you don't pay one, play one of those two, yeah. you know, then it's only a half value. Yep. And, you know, if you don't want to play them both. And if you do want to play them both, now you only got, you know, 800 points of each and you got to <laughs> still buy another 1,200 points, right? Easily. For, for both of them. Yes. Um, or if you're not, I mean, and we're not even going to consider the fact that if you're not interested in either, because obviously why would you buy the box anyway? Yep. But, um, yeah, so just strictly from, if you're going to play, play a, 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 Legion. a Legion, it's an incredible value because you can yeah. use 100% of the models in the box set. And I, I think, like, all the dive into Horus Heresy for me, I think that's also part of it, is, like, that box, like, I'm going trader, and I'm going to be doing world eaters. I can use that entire box. 100%. Obviously, you don't need it because you well, have armies. But you're right. I, if you decided to go a di- Blood Angels. Right. Yeah, if I wanted to start a second army, right. Yeah. And, and that honestly has crossed my mind. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I want to undertake that much hobby. Sure. With, with some of the other product projects I got going on. Well, yeah, which but makes sense. the other thing I can do is because I don't have a ton of heresy stuff in, in like, in my closet, storage, yeah. however, yep. you, however you want to look at it. I got a couple yeah. of things, but almost everything I have for heresy is built and painted at this point. Yes. Um, I've seen it. It looks gorgeous. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but there are some things I wouldn't mind adding. Adding, yeah. And I could easily pick up conversion kits... Yep. So instead of them being tactical marines, they'll be phalanx warders. I just got to get the bits to make them phalanx warders. Sure. So, you know, from that aspect, I could still make good use of a lot of the models in there. Yeah. Uh, there's some things I, I probably will never use, and I just might try to find someone who wants them and give it to them for a good price. Like, I have two of those dreadnoughts painted already. <laughs> Hand up now. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so I don't need, yeah. I don't need another one. I doubt. I will use would use two Spartans in a game. Sure, that's a huge point dump. Right? Yeah, they're like four hundred some points a piece. Unlikely, I'm going to be rolling with nine hundred points of Spartan tanks in, in, in an army. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so there's a decent chance I'd try to find a home for that as well. Sure. Just because. No, and it makes sense, but it's still a great value regardless. Oh, it's, it's still a great value, right? And, and if I can sell that Spartan because that Spartan assault tank on its own, yeah, that'll be probably an eighty dollar to hundred dollar kit. Yep. Probably closer to the hundred. For the size of that model, yeah. So if I can find someone and give it, get it to them for seventy five bucks, they'll be happy. And and it's I just got itself. almost a third of my box back, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, one shot. Yeah. So, 
you know, there, there's a lot of value there. There's a ton of value there. Yeah. I'm very happy with with the value of that. Oh, um, yeah. To the point where I would, I mean, I, I understand why they do the two-faction starter boxes. Because yep. you're trying to attract new hobbyists to the game. Sure. And you're trying to say, here, you buy this for 200 300 bucks, whatever the cost is going to be. And we're going to get you and your buddy up, up and, and running up and, and running playing and playing. Yep. And you can start small games and you can have a good time. And now that they're horrible about balancing those boxes out uh, between the two <laughs> sides, but, but whatever, it's not about that. It's no. not capturing the imagination yes. of people playing. And they, and you can't do that with that box. Oh, well this box, of course you can't because you're playing very space, specific, Marines well, space Marines. But very specifically in the directions for building the models, mm-hmm. that all the um, stats and everything are there for <clears throat> the pictured two armies. Oh, really? Yep. It's all in there. Okay. Very cool. So it tells you how to split it up to make it yeah, exactly. even-ish? Yeah, even-ish. All right. <laughs> well, um, it splits it up like the picture. Uh, now, I don't have any painted Terminators, and there are yes, a good number of Terminators, Terminators in that box, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah. So that could be something I might break out in the near future. Nearer. And <laughs> try to knock those out. Yeah, and, uh, and then, of course, obviously, we're going to have to get a game in, so you can teach me how to play it. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to. And you know, i got a couple of guys... Yep. That are interested in, in getting into it. See if it. I can actually finally get up here on a Friday night. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> or we can work something else out yeah. if that doesn't work. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, very cool. I'm excited. Yep. So other things in the news? Other things in the news. Some big, big news in uh, the Games Workshop universe. Yep, uh, there's for 40K not a, a ton going on. I think summer, a lot of game companies tend not to release a, a ton at this no, time No, yeah, there's not much going on. Like, like, there's a lot of big tournaments going on. Right. Across the states. Right, but, but that's not from the manufacturers, wise. right? Newswise, there's right. nothing going on. So, uh, huge news for 40K. Uh, they just released the new uh, competitive play pack this week. Yep. I can't remember the exact term that they are they're calling it. Um, it's not that I important. It's not important. <laughs> uh, what is important is uh, huge point drops, uh, yes. some point bumps, depend, you know, points adjustments, let's yep. say that. So, yeah, they, uh, they go through their... They've traditionally been doing this once a year, but they're going to start doing it twice a year. Oh, okay. So this is uh, going to be the first, the first time. This is part A of yeah. of this year's cycle, where in six months' time, at the end of the year, they're going to drop another adjustment. Now, is that going to be for both forty k and age? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So they're, they're, they've decided that uh, waiting a whole year to address some of these things is uh, too long. Makes sense. It makes sense, but I have my, I have I have some reservations. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm glad they're doing something. Yeah. So that part, I'm cool with. Right. Sure. Now, on to, and here's where my issue is: it's not so much the points. The points, I think, twice a year is smart. Uh, where I'm having a little bit of reservation, and we're just going to see how it works. Is it's not just points that are getting redone every six months. So every six months, they're going to uh, – there's basically a book that you're going to buy every six months, and it's going to have their season, quote-unquote okay. season. And then that are going to be, you know, different uh, objectives, missions. Turn, so you, tournament missions. You get all new mission, an all-new okay. mission pack every – Okay. You know, every six months, and, you know. And so my reservation to this, and I love the idea, right? Sure. I love the idea. But because we live in the real world, okay, you can't, you got to start publishing the next season 
in three months from now. Yeah. Right. So you're not going to get the six full, months worth of yeah. data to make your, you know, to, to make your adjustments. Yeah. Right. You, you have a three month window here before it needs to go to printing. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, I, I can see where and, that could and be. And honestly, an also in, in the, in a real world scenario, more than likely they're working on next, the next battle pack right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, cause it, you got manufacturing, you got shipping, you got editing. You, all the behind the scenes. All the behind the scenes stuff, right? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just, I just have my doubts whether or not. Now, I guess if they're not taking any of this battle pack into consideration for the next battle pack, I guess it doesn't make a lick of Because it really doesn't matter. If you're just making missions to make missions or whatever, but if yeah. you're trying to make adjustments based on what worked last in the last battle pack and what didn't, right? You kind of need that information. <laughs> right. There's no information to yeah. to draw from because, I mean, it just dropped you know, literally yesterday. Yep. And you won't even start seeing any kind of data that you can actually, you know, build your decisions off of for probably three or four months. Yep. I mean, you'll start seeing a couple tournaments trickle in, but you're not going to see They're trends. They're just trickling. Not, you're not going to see trends. Yeah. yeah. And you need, to be, you need to be pulling from hundreds and hundreds of games, <laughs> thousands of games. Thousands. To really yeah. get accurate metrics of what's too powerful, you know, what needs a bump. You know what? Yeah. What needs to be knocked out? What works? Down. What doesn't work? Right. Yeah. You know, and huh. like I said, I, I I love the I, I love the concept. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I I have my doubts whether or not it can be well executed. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Right. And I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I've looked through this one. I think it looks very interesting. I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm cool. I'm always very excited for the new battle pack. Sure. Um, you know, it, it, it's a great way to spice up the game. Yep. You know, so we've been playing these missions that we're playing now for the last year. You know, you kind of know how you're going to play each one. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, you, you know what your plans are. You know what you're going to be, you know, attempting to do. You know which battle tactics you're going to try to do each turn to get, and you your, know, what's going to work your bonus points. <laughs> right. You know how to build your list to maximize yep. that kind of thing. And so when you get this new battle pack come in, it throws a huge wrench into the works. You know, they've, they've really shuffled things up how, you know, what's the power units are going to be. Yeah. They've, they've completely flipped that, hmm. um, which is great. It's super interesting. Uh, I think it's going to make a lot of people have to address their lists to try to maximize it out, which is awesome. Yep. I love it. Uh, the other thing, I'm also slightly concerned about with it also being in a six month cycle is that you're under a lot of pressure, you know, to get your army up and running now because yeah. if it takes you four or five months to, you know, to make <laughs> these adjustments, you know, you got to do four or five months adjustments in a couple of weeks. Right. Well, or, and then you're to only, get a good play if it takes it. you four to five months, you're only going to have one or two months of, of actually using yeah. the, the stuff. Right. And so that's that also makes it a, a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. You know, um, so we'll see. I, I'm, yep. I'm really interested to, to see how it all plays out. Should be interesting. I'm sure the games are going to be a ton of fun. I have no doubts. Oh, about, yeah. I have no doubts about that. Uh, I'm just I'm curious as to how the competitive scene is going to handle it. Yep. And for 40K, for AOS, both. I mean, I yeah. the issues 
don't change with the game system, right? And they're, <laughs> no, they're the same. No, they don't. They're the same. They're the same issues. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm hopeful, <laughs> but I have my reservations. If they can actually pull it off in a meaningful way, uh, to take information and adjust it into the next book. And again, if they don't care about the information, that's a whole another discussion. But, <laughs> but but you would think that they would. We'll see. You would think that they would. Right? Well, yeah. It's kind of the whole idea gotta be behind something. it, right? I mean, yeah. They got to make those points changes changes based off something. Yep. Now, now, granted. I don't know if they are actually putting the point changes in the book. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. I mean, it, it could, I, I saw it as a PDF. I haven't, my, my book didn't come in yet. It's coming in okay. this week. So, um, uh, so I'm not sure if those points are in the book or not. If they're not in the book, that would make even more sense, right? Because yep. those are the biggest things that need to happen to adjust things. To well, and that could, tweaks. I mean, there there is that also possibility. So they've set it up as the six-month book thing. But it could be their plan to go one year with just two different mission packs kind of thing. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So they still get that full year of information, but it gives everybody multiple missions. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea, man. It, it'll be interesting. So, yeah, so those that's the big news. Yep. That's the news, y'all. <laughs> All right, so yeah. I'm way not serious enough for the news. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back, and we're gonna talk some hobby time. Elric's Hobbies is a proud sponsor of the Michigan GT. What better way to make it easier to prep for the event than to order ready-made bases for your army? Choose from one of over twenty different themes. We have bases for Warhammer 40K, Age of Sigmar, Conquest, Warmahordes, and many other game systems. Additionally, check out our popular bundles like the themed Cursed C Cathedral and Imperial Walkway Cursed City sets, which provide all the bases you need for the Cursed City game. As with all our resin products, these are designed and manufactured right here in the good old U.S. of A. Greg. Yes. Time is it? It's hobby time. Hobby time. Hobby time. Hobby time. All right. <laughs> Again. Yeah. It's been a bit. <laughs> Has been a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like like we talked about earlier. Uh, yeah. We got we, a little, a couple extra we've had days. Some bonus days. Uh, you know, and while it's awesome to have bonus days, <laughs> the downside is that for this next one, it's short. Fewer days. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a trade off. It is. All right. So, hobby time. What were you supposed to get done? I was supposed to finish my Blood Angels. And did you? I did not. Fail. I total fail. All right. Um, and I'm totally okay with that because, well, I got my hands on Horace Heresy and I couldn't right stop. On. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so you did hobby. Oh, I, I've got quite a bit of hobby done That's and good. some games in there, too. Uh, so, obviously, I brought them up to show you. Uh, I put... <laughs> <laughs> I put a set of world leaders together. Mm -hmm. um, tactical Marines. Tactical Marines with bayonets. Yes, I like the bayonets. Yes. Uh, very, uh, well, this would mean nothing to you, but Probably. the style of it is uh, very much a throwback to the old Rogue Trader original plastic Marines. Oh, okay. They had well, bayonets that looked right exactly on. like that. Right on. I like that even better then. Yeah. Um, amusingly enough, I put them together during a hot uh, volleyball game. Yeah, but, but your daughter was proud. <laughs> 
I paid attention when she was hey, playing. Hey, who's your daddy? He's the nerd up there putting models <laughs> together. It, it was it was kind of funny. One mom said, so what are you doing over there? And I said, I'm putting models together. Yeah, my husband does stuff I don't understand either. And she turned around and went and sat down, and I was like, eh, cool. Uh, yeah. You don't have to understand. I, yeah, nope. Yep. Uh, but I also, after building them, I got them painted up mm-hmm. uh, with the blue and white paint scheme that I wanted to go with. Right. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier off the podcast about changing up my white a little bit. Right. Um, but for myself, I liked how they turned out. Right. Um, now let's go into a little bit more detail sure. on how you did the, like the shoulder pads and backpacks because you talked to me about yeah, that. Yeah. So, so that's a little different for you. That was different for me. And probably most people that paint Space Marines have done it forever Mm-mm. that have been doing that's it not, for a while. That's not true. The smart ones, but... <laughs> So when I put them together, I left the shoulders and the backpacks off. Right. Um, because I knew I wanted to paint those blue anyways. Right. And I wanted to give it a shot to see how it turned out. Sure. And I'm really glad I did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm, like, super surprised at how, one, how m- much easier it was to paint the shoulder pads. Right. And not have to worry about getting the blue on the white in those spots. Right. You, it it yeah. speeds up the process dramatically, right? Yeah, and I and I honestly didn't think it would speed it up dramatically. But it does. yeah, it really did. So the reason why it does so is because when you are basically painting by numbers, is yep. kind of what you're doing. When, yep. That's how I, I I often relate to miniature painting to someone. Yeah. It's kind of like painting by numbers, right? Yeah, it really is. You know, you got okay. The shoulder pad's going to be blue, and the helmet's going to be white, yep. and the belt's going to be leather color or you know yeah. and this kind of thing and so you're very much just breaking your model down into you know different sections of yeah. color right yeah um and so when you're able to have a whole portion of the model that's going to be a different color and be able to paint that separately yeah you lose you you get to skip all the time consuming part of not not coloring over the lines yeah right well in like for myself, like because I've always built the models first and just painted everything, right? Um, Which is this is what most people do because people rush to put their models together to start playing before they ever yeah. start painting, right? Well, and the, and that's that's also part of the difference on how I'm doing this too mm-hmm. is I want this to be a painted army that I come up here and play with. Oh, all right. So I, you're I, really pushing to get it all painted. I want it, and it, it's going to take me a bit, mm-hmm. but I want to play my first game of. 30K mm-hmm. with a fully painted army. So I guess we're going to start at about 500 points. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. You got a whole box of train that we're going to use. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, like I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was interesting because I was able, like I was always afraid, okay, if I build all these models, mm-hmm. I can paint them all and they'll all look the same. Mm-hmm. I was afraid by taking the the pauldrons off and the backpack off that I would mess something up and it wouldn't look right, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I was totally wrong. Right. <laughs> because I was able to paint all the blue at the same time. Right. And I didn't have to worry about going over the lines. Right. Um, so I had a lot of fun with it. You ready to level up? Oh, boy. Take the heads off. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. yes. You yes. Know, the, the, that's a way to do it. Um, now, your heads are the same color as the bodies. Yeah. So it's not really necessary. Yeah, not with these uh, The only time you're going to really want to do the head separately is if they're going to be a different color. Yeah. Right? For the same exact reason. Yep, exactly. Um, so when I did all my Imperial Fists and when I do more that, yeah. I, that I have down there now, uh, how I did 
like the shoulder pads and stuff is what I would do is I would take a coffee stir or like a, a wooden coffee stir stick. Yeah. Right. Snip it in half because they're long. They're usually about yeah. like six inches long, maybe eight inches long. So you snip that in half. So you have two short sticks. Yeah. Then you take some um, like poster tack. Yep. Right. Put that on the end of your stick and then you stick the shoulder pad onto the end of that yep. stick. Right. Yep. Then you airbrush it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. And then not only do you have the same advantage of having it separated, easier to paint, but now you got the speed of the airbrush as well. Yeah. And you get enough popsicle sticks or, or you know, coffee stir Whatever sticks going, doing, yeah. you can knock out your your whole squad. Yeah. Right. And what I what I what I would do is I have like a a crappy old like Ziploc Tupperware kind of bin. Sure. And I filled it with rice. Okay. Dry rice. Okay. So it acts like a sand. Right. And then I'll have these coffee stir sticks, airbrush it, take the stick, stick it in the rice. Uh, and then now it's elevated and yep. not screwing up the stuff I just painted. Yeah. Right. So it's just a, a way to kind of hold your, your piece that you're working yeah. on. And I also, I use like a lot of corks with, which um, makes sense. With like a, rod in it or, or a paper clip or something. Yep. So like with my heads that I would do, uh, because it's hard to stick them onto the popsicle stick, yeah. right? I would take a pin vise drill and drill under the neck within the part that's going to be glued, glued to in, the model. Yeah. So I, I, I drill up inside of that and then stick it on a paper clip inside a cork. And so now I just hold the cork. Yeah, you got with, the cork and it's, yeah. Right. And then I can, you know, and because I was doing my heads in, in, the yellow, right? Yeah. Where you, yeah, you're yours, doing your head the, the, the same color as the rest yeah. of the guys. But say if you had a squad that you wanted to have blue heads. Correct. This would be a great way to do it. Yeah. And um, yep. then the trick is is getting your shading down with the airbrush on those shoulder pads. Like I said, you can knock the whole unit out in one evening. You know, all your shoulder pads are done. Yeah. Um, and I can help you if you want. <laughs> We can figure some tricks out, uh, and yeah, and then then you're able to get your painted army on the table even that much faster. Even faster, yeah. Because these are li- these are little you know pro tip, yeah. quote, quote unquote pro tip shortcuts. Yeah. Because it doesn't you don't have to spend forever on a unit to get no. it to look good, right? Yeah. If if you know certain shortcuts to take, hey Kermit, you can hear you in the background, buddy. Yeah, thanks for the bark. <laughs> um, He's agreeing with you. Yes. You could take these little... I mean, we're talking about the world eater, so... Well, that's I mean, true. They, he, he does love to eat things. <laughs> um, and they were the hounds. <laughs> yes. So, my point is, is as as you want to paint armies, yes. right? We're not talking about competitive painting. Correct. What we're, what we're talking about is higher than a three-color minimum, Yep. right? You want it to be appealing from that three-feet... Yep. The three foot view where if you want to look at what's on the table from three feet away, you want someone to say, wow, that looks really fucking cool. Yeah. Right. And there are lots of shortcuts or pro tips or whatever that you can take advantage of that will get you to that place faster, faster and still get you the results that you want. Yeah. Because the results that you want is the important part. Yes. But there's no reason to take three weeks painting a unit when you can do it in a week and a half. Oh, yeah. You just got to know the right steps to take to get there. Yeah, so those five, mm-hmm. 
took me from actually from build to based probably five hours. That's that's pretty fast. Well, I didn't use the airbrush on the shoulders uh-huh. and backpack. I used the airbrush on the body. Everything else, okay? Yes, right. So I, I, I I'm trying. No, no, abso- <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Right, and uh, yeah, there's just like, like I said, you should be able to be doing airbrush with almost all, all of it. Yeah. From what I'm looking at, what you got there, the only thing that you should have to put brush to model on is because you got a two tone backpack. Yep. So that's yeah always a pain in the butt, right? When you yep. do that, um, and you're you're black, your guns, yeah, and stuff like that. And oh, there's, yeah. there's just no getting around that. No, not um, really. though. You can drill bit into the into the barrel. Yes. Right? And put those all on sticks and you could airbrush those all black yep. and then glue them on afterwards. I've That's done true. I've done that a lot too. Um and it's it's a more efficient way of getting it all knocked out. Yeah. Um and especially when you're not when you're painting more than 5, yes. you know, if you're going with you know, a 20 man unit like you can get a horse heresy. Yeah. You know, it's a great way just to and they're all going to look consistent. And, you know, I mean, there's lots of advantages. Oh, yeah. Well, so so when you look at what we challenge ourselves to each each episode. Right. No, I didn't get my, my Blood Angels done, but it yeah. was five models. Right. You got five models done. I got five models yeah. done. <laughs> I'm just teasing you for not getting what you said. <laughs> I know. Um, and then, of course, I got some firefight games in. Rock on. Which led me into wanting to build more of a, a story around an army. Um, so I'm going to be kind of plinking away at that here come Very really cool. soon. Right on. Yeah, any any uh, tips that you're planning on, or you want to hold it for later? I'll hold it until I've nailed down at least the first part. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So what who, about who did you play with? Uh, so I played with Buddy Nick. Uh, so Nick got into Asterians, uh, so Space Elves. Space Elves, thank you. Um, right. Space Elves, kind of Eldar, but also Tau. Because they use a lot of robots. All right. Like, most of their units are actually robots controlled mm-hmm. from far away. Uh, and I played my Forge Fathers, so the dwarves. Right on. Um, Hells versus dwarves, very... Uh, very icon- classic. Iconic, yeah. <laughs> um, I really feel bad for him, because we played a couple games of Firefight. Now, I've played him in Dead Zone multiple times, mm-hmm. and he can't seem to beat me mm-hmm. with the, his the, the, trend, the trend continues? I, yeah, it continued. Um... And so one of the things in firefight is when a fight is over, mm-hmm. if you tie, you both bounce back. Oh, okay. Because he did that, he went into a fight with me and we tied. Mm-hmm. We both bounced off the objective. So I won. Oh, no. <laughs> I had him by one would point. Would it have been a draw otherwise? I, yeah, it would have been right. a draw. But because he bounced both of us off when he went to, because he thought he could take me. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> Right. Which, yeah, which is really, it. yeah. Um, the only problem was, Forge Fathers have a resilience ability that forces your opponent to re-roll one of their successful hits. Oh, yeah. And he missed. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good for you. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We played a couple games, and yeah. Um, he asked me if I'd play Asterians. Like me play the Asterians, and I'm like, I don't like the Asterians. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to play the Asterians. Just because he wants to see if it's a problem with him or the problem with the army, or well, 
It's not a problem with the army. All right. He knows that. Oh, okay. Um, he's won two tournaments with them. Oh. In Dead Zone. Okay. Um, he's Now, he's played both of those lists that he won in tournaments against me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I beat him both times. But it's because I built a list to beat his oh, main right. model. Right. It just turned out to be a really nasty list to play against other factions, too. Oh, okay. Good for you. <laughs> um, mostly because, like, in Dead Zone, everybody, like, Big Shiny... People like to go after Big Shiny because they think it's the threat. Oh, not so much. I just shut it down. Oh, okay. Uh, with giving it an activation, mm-hmm. um, using fire to make him only have one act, one of his short actions, little tricks like that, and right. I just play the objective. Oh, right. and it drives him nuts. Well, that's how you always win games <laughs> by playing objectives, right? Yes. I mean, well, the exactly. People who win at games usually do it by playing yes. objectives. Um, and it drives him nuts, but at the same time, he absolutely loves playing against me. Okay. Um, and it's fair because in the Kings of War Vanguard fantasy world, mm-hmm. I've never beat him. Oh. So it's a you, fair you trade-off. You have your thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was first uh, getting into the wargaming hobby when I was in high school, um, one of my best friends, Conan, was, was my regular opponent. His name was really Conan. All right. On his birth certificate. And... Uh, Great guy. We had a lot of great fights, and um, we played both 40K, and we also played uh, the Epic 40K, which is the 6 millimeter yeah. version. And I could not beat him at 40K, and he could not beat me at Epic 40K. So <laughs> it was kind of the same situation where you're talking about. Yeah. Right? You know, we were each undefeated in, in our own realm. <clears throat> it matters. It was entertaining, <laughs> right. Yes. So what about you? Oh, I've had a busy couple weeks. Yep. Um, so last episode, uh, my goal was to assemble all of the Thondian terrain that came in the Thondian Strong Point box set from Age of Sigmar. Yep. Uh, which consisted of five pieces of terrain. And then I added a sixth um, on top of that from a similar release that meshes super well, which is yeah. the domed piece. Over okay, there. okay. So that wasn't that in the sense. actual box. Um, but... As I was looking at it, right. assuming it was yeah, part of it. So it's yeah, perfect. It, it fits right in, right? Yeah. Um, and it was, I, I was going to be one piece short with what I got from that box set. Yeah. You know, plus my other two ruins I'm using with it. Yep. So that seven, I needed an eighth piece. And that had come out a little while back. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get that. And, and it works. And it'll mesh really well with the other pieces. <laughs> so my goal was to get those five pieces plus the bonus piece assembled. Yep. And then I was hoping to get one piece painted. One painted. One painted. As I'm uh, looking at all of them painted. Well, not, not all. Not all. Uh, I, I have now completed four of the six pieces yes. that I need to, to get finished. Um, and I'm happy with how they all yeah, look. Yeah, they look great. I think they all look very cool. Um, I'm trying out some new products on this set. Okay. Um, oh, gosh. Now I'm going to have to remember the name <laughs> of, of both of these things. Um, gosh darn it. All right. So I'm going to look it up. I'm, I'm sorry for the, for the bad air time. No. It, so it's one of those things. So on a couple of the pieces, you have some bronze with some, what would you call that? It's not necessarily rust, but it's like kind of like that mold. That yeah. Goes it, over it's it. the, uh, uh, vertigree. Vertigree. Yeah. Like you would see on the Statue of Liberty, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, it, so it, it takes like a, a coppery um, metal and it makes yeah. it 
aged, yeah. right? Uh, oxi- which looks really good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, which looks really great. And I and I did I do too much or not enough? Um, or about right? I think it looks good like that. All right, because um, I, I now now for by me, no means did I cover the whole thing. I, I covered maybe on the statue maybe about 20 percent of the model. Uh, from a from a table layout perspective. I would probably put that piece further away from the waterfall just because it doesn't, it, with the bronze that's on here, it doesn't have as much. Right. So that it would be separated from that. But yeah, I think it looks great. Right on. Um, and it's cool because like what we were talking about, like for the main part of it, it was airbrushed and then some dr- quick dry brushing on the stone. Yes. Yeah. The stone's a, a quick dry brush. A simple job, but it looks great. As you can tell, I'm trying to buy you time. <laughs> no, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. So uh, the, the products that, I, that I'm using here, so I, one of our sponsors, Impending Duff, yep. uh, he has become the sole U.S. distributor for a, a new brand of paints called Dark Star Metallics. So I picked up the entire range of the Dark Star Metallics from him. Yep. Um, and all the metallics on these pieces are from that set, uh, which I'm... Very happy with actually. I think uh, overall yeah. the, the the paints cover very well. Uh, so what you're seeing when you when you're calling it uh, bronze, bronze, it's not actually bronze. Okay. Uh, that's actually three colors of copper. Oh. So there's uh, a standard. There's like aged copper, which is what I put down as the base, and then with a heavy dry brush of standard copper over top. And then there's a bright copper light dry brush on for like the very fine edges. So most of the, the darker metal on there is that. And then um, the other pieces are gold. And, okay. and those are usually a, a couple different gold paints, like a, a darker gold and a lighter nice. gold kind of highlight. Um, and then the other product that I put on there uh, is... Oh man, what did he call this? What was this stuff called? It's uh it's it's a company that mostly they do their paint for like special effects for okay. like movies and stuff. Oh. And they only have three colors. And um what they are is there's the verdigris, yep, and then there's a rust, and then there's a moss. Those are the three yes. colors that, that it has. And gosh, I'm sorry I don't have it off the tip of my tongue, <laughs> man. I just cannot remember. It's, it's got a really weird name to it. Um, and so that's the only thing they do are these three products. And, oh, here it is. It is called Dirty Down. See, it's a weird name. I, yeah. Right. Dirty, but it works. D- Dirty Down is the brand. And it's not cheap. It's no. Like, and, like, and I think we talked about this before. because We it, might have. Because it was from the special effects. So they just kind of reduced they the did. packaging. And, and, and it's like a, like a standard like GW bottle. Yeah. It was 20 bucks. It was yeah, it was not cheap at all. Um, but all I right. wanted I wanted to try it out. Sure. Uh, and I don't mind paying twenty bucks if I'm going to use the crap out of it and I'm going to really like it. Yeah. Um, two of the three I really really like, and that's the moss. Yes. And the rust. Yep. I mean the rust. It looks like that was a metal chain that has rusted. Yes, it really does. You know, it, it looks exactly, exactly like, like rust. it should. Right. I mean, it don't. You would think that. The paint had iron in it, and it got oxidized. Is is how it looks. Yeah. The verdict or the moss really nice as well. 
the verdigree, while I like it, it's I think it's just harder to apply in a in a way that's going to look natural. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could, I could really see it on this piece. Right. Where it, I understand what you're going for. Right. But it's still well, and, it's and I, off and I, a little bit. I think that's the problem with a verdigree is that it when a, when a, a, a copper item oxidizes, it generally doesn't splotch. It's just like the yeah. whole thing yeah. oxidizes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it's, um, and yeah. so that's what I think makes it hard to like apply it to a model. Yeah. Because why paint all the other colors if I'm just going to throw that this other thing it, over the yeah. whole thing, right? Yeah. And hide everything I already painted, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I might play around with it a little right, bit. Right. I got to play around with it a little bit. You know, the jury's still out over the best uses I, I mean, uses so for that. like a lot of scatter train, like if you have like weapon stands, mm-hmm. I think this stuff would be amazing on. Yeah, it could be. Or so. What piece was it? You had a one of your other pieces had that statue that was falling over. Yeah, like if a um, piece like that, if it was as a copper statue, right, that would look really. And cool. And you just painted the whole thing over. Yeah, but I and I think what I would do if that was my intent to just do it like that, which yeah. is not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I would probably just take a copper airbrush paint. Okay. Paint the whole thing copper, and yeah. then just paint that over the whole part. I would well, not yeah. do, and I wouldn't bother doing any other thing. And but that's not what I did with this stuff. Well, and, and sure. I wanted some of that to still show through. Yep. Um. So yeah. Um. The verdigree right now, I'd give uh, like a six out of ten. The rust would be a ten out of ten, and the moss yeah, would the be a nine out of ten. Yeah. So you know, uh, dirty down. I give overall big thumbs, thumbs up. up. Uh, the um, Dark Star Molten Metals, two thumbs up. I've liked every color oh, yeah. I've used so far. I've broken into probably eight or ten of, of the 25 so far. That's not bad. No. Uh, you know, I've gotten some you know, decent <laughs> decent looks at it. Yeah. Uh, a lot more to experiment with. But... Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, that was it for my painting side of my hobby. Yep. Uh, see, got a game of... AOSN a couple weekends ago. Yeah. Had a good time. Uh, played my buddy Jacob. We were getting ready to go to a uh, tournament this weekend. Yep. Uh, put on by High Ground Gaming. It was held at Bastion Games. Had a really good time. I really like that store. Uh, I think it's a, a nice gaming store, and I would I would recommend if you're in that area to go check it out. Uh, we're going to go there when we do our, our game 15th. store tour in a couple weeks. Yep. Um, Which is actually on my schedule, on both schedules, actually, the one at home and at oh, work. Oh, right on, right on. <laughs> I was smart this yeah, time. Yeah, very cool. And I, I have that, that day off already <laughs> for Flex Day. So um, that'll be it works. A, a Flex Day well used. And so um, I'm sure you remember uh, a couple episodes ago when we had Sean on from, yes. from High, High Ground Gaming. Yep. And uh, I talked a lot of crap about <laughs> yeah, you uh, did. challenging <laughs> Mike Roush. I, I called him out. Yes. I grudge matched him. And uh, I beat his ass. <laughs> I'm sure he's having trouble sitting today. Whew. Uh, I got to say, though, that uh, when we drew the missions for the, for the <laughs> event, when the first mission was shown to me, I got very nervous because yeah. I definitely felt his army was at an advantage for that mission over, yeah. over my army. And I was thinking to myself, man, I 
have talked a lot of crap about this. And <laughs> it's going to win really bad. I might have to eat a lot of crow here. So um, anyway, but it didn't work out that way. Uh, the, the Beast of Chaos reigned supreme. Uh, the, Fast little bugs. Right? The Cronspine ate some lunch. He had a good time. Um, my first two rounds, uh, and sadly, in round two, I ended up having to play my teammate, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> and we play all the time. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, I felt I felt bad that I had to. I mean, we're there's three of us from my club that went. Out yeah, thirty two players. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, they had a great turnout. Oh yeah, thirty two player turnout. And, you still and, I, and I grabbed my. Yeah, I got my teammate in the in the second round, which that stunk. Um, yeah. I mean, and nothing against the guys running. Oh they no. no. First round is the only round you get control of, right? Yep. After that, it's just how the computer spits it out. Yep. Uh, so it is what it is. Um, I, I, I feel a little bit bad for Jacob. He's had a tough time dealing with my new model, the, the yeah. spirally skeleton guy. Yeah. Um, and, and the <laughs> test games, he struggled against him. And I even think why, after he drew me, he was already behind mentally. Right. Just yeah. like going, all right, I already know I struggle against this thing, you know? It, and so, per, Yeah. You know, so beat yourself before your game. Even yeah, starts. right. Yep. Yeah, and so it I, happens. I think you know, it does happen, right? When you know you struggle with something and you gotta get it again. Yep. Right. Um. So yeah. So uh, and then in the final round, I drew Sean Clark from the Detroit Warhammer Club, who's a great player. Uh, he was he brought his uh, he's on the America's team for the ITC. Yep. Uh, he brought his list that he took to that a couple months ago when they were in Prague. <laughs> It was a nasty, nasty, nasty uh, Stormcast Eternals list with uh, it had eight dragons. Yeah, the, the eight of the small dragons, and those things are broken AF. Um, so <laughs> broken, so broken that in the new battle pack that just released, it took away one of their huge advantages. It just erased it off oh, of off wow. of the unit. Right, that says that unit can no longer do this. It does this fraction as good things. <laughs> Right, so um, basically, what they were what they were getting right as a unit, it moves twelve inches. Yep. Okay. So the table is only forty four inches across. So yeah. twelve inches is a high, a large percentage of yes. that. Right. So they had a once per game ability where they could do a free move in the hero phase to move twelve inches, and then they get to do their actual move of another twelve inches. So we're 24. And then they get a charge on top of that. And they get their charge. That's just another yeah, 2d6 that's... inches. So if you rolled perfect, you're 36 inches across the table, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, even even 12 plus a charge is very, very good. Not, yes. not broken, just very, very good. And when you're giving yeah. them 24 inches, they're just, I, they're just insane. It's and, a little and, much. And they punch hard. Do they? They punch very, very hard. And so... My army I take I took for this event was Beast of Chaos. It's a very I'll call it a glass cannon. So it it hits pretty hard, but it can't take a punch back. So I have to use my and it's very mobile, very yeah. fast. So I have to generally use my mobility, get my hits in, right? Yeah. And kind of lock them in place before yeah. they can do the damage back to me. Well, he had a couple very good tricks. It was very well designed. All credit to Sean. It was a great list. He's a great player. All that stuff. 
it was just a really crappy bad <laughs> matchup for what I brought. For what you brought, yeah. Right, because he was able to, he was just as fast as I was, if not faster. And Ouch. his stuff hits just as hard as my stuff hits, but he has a good armor save and I don't. Yeah. Right. So I jumped up. <laughs> I gave him a good punch. He was able to absorb it and his counter punch. He just decimated all my <laughs> my important units with the, with his counter punch. Yeah. And I was and that was it. You know, and it was just I was scraping just to stay competitive. <laughs> and then after about the third turn, yeah. it was like, "All right, well, this can only go one way at this point." So, you know, congrats and so Sean ended up taking second place. Okay. He didn't win the awesome spear that they had made, which I felt bad for him. But there was, while it was awesome that there was that many players, that's yeah. super great. Very hard to pick an overall winner after three games. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. after th- after three games, you can still see. So after round one, there's 16 undefeated. After round two, there's eight undefeated. After round three, there's still four undefeated players. So you got four guys that didn't lose a game, and three of those are going home Yeah, without being the winner, right? Yeah. And, I mean, what do you do, right? What do you, what yeah, do you do? Yeah, there's not much. I mean. There's just nothing you can do in, in that short. Yeah. In, in one day, right? Yep. Um, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, the guy that won it, I'm sure, was a good player, a good guy. I, I didn't have to play him. <laughs> Um, he probably would have lost if he did, <laughs> but, but, uh, but he didn't have to play Sean either. Right. That's true. And so, and so Sean, he averaged uh, 49 points a game out of, out of a possible 50. Yeah. And this other guy, so Sean finished with, you know, 147. And I think yep. this guy finished with 149. So he wow. squeaked two more points out of his games yeah. than Sean did. Kudos to him for you know getting yep. every point he could. And so he was able to go home with the grand prize. Sean got second. <laughs> so yeah, had a good time. I'll, I'll go. Good. I'll go back to their events as, as often as my schedule will allow. Right on. Uh, the high ground gaming guys do a great job. Uh, they're actually signed on on board, as you well know, as yep. our listeners should know. Uh, they're going to be running the team tournament this year, and they're also going to be helping out as judges for uh, the singles. Also, uh, they're good dudes. Uh, they run a tight event. Uh, they everything's thought out very well. They they draw they're drawing great crowds. Awesome. Like I said, 30, 30 32 players yeah. for a one day event that was a forty dollar ticket. I mean that's that's pretty good. That's very good. You know, <laughs> and it's, it's saying that they're yeah. do, they're doing things right and people recognize that yeah. and are willing to participate. Yep, exactly. So yeah, it was good. I gave it two thumbs up, and I'll right be at on. the next one if my schedule allows. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So you got. About 11 days before we record again. I'm going to do another five. Five more. Yep. Right on. Because Rachel has a volleyball game tomorrow. (laughs) So I'm going to do the exact same thing. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. It works. Yeah. Take your little box and uh, it sounds like a good lunch break item too. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. I have uh, two more pieces of terrain to finish for that set. I'm going to keep that as my goal. Um, That makes sense. I might. Get it done faster than than a week and a half. Sure, but I might not. So uh, the pieces I have left are uh, they have a lot of little doodads going on yeah. on, on the pieces. So yeah. it's gonna be a little bit slower of a process than a couple of these other things were. 
Because some of these are just kind of like two colors and and go, and then put some yeah. details on the end, a little bit here and there, and then you're yeah, done. These, these have like they're like buildings, and they have the, the same coppery <laughs> yep. areas, and then they also have some scaffolding. So there's wood I have to do. Yep. And they got doors and windows that are shuttered, and a little bit of this, a little got, bit of that, yeah, and they got ropes holding these different construction <laughs> items, and. There's a, there's like some scaffolding with a couple of bricks and some mortar on there with a sledgehammer and and oh, some yeah. tools and a bucket hanging. There's all kinds of junk going on on these things, and it'll look really neat when it's all done. But it's just that many more colors you got to put on, and and that much more time you have to spend coloring within the lines. Yeah. And the more colors that you have to color within the lines, the longer, the longer it, it takes. takes. Right. <laughs> so that's my goal. Sounds good. Awesome, Rick. Will you have a good time? Yep. Excellent. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. All right, man. Bye.